Welcome to the Minister of the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. It's been my honor to be the Bible teacher at this ministry for over 20 years. This is a program of the International Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism and its Missions Fellowship, the Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. You can learn more about our work by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. 2 Kings chapter 22 and 23 record what was the greatest period of Reformation in all the history of the Jewish nation. It took place under the sincere efforts of King Josiah. It was under King Josiah that Jeremiah the prophet began his ministry. If you will recall, 20 years after Josiah's reformations, Jeremiah witnessed the total destruction of the nation and its survivors being led away captive into Babylon. The fact is that every reformation in Israel was followed up by a serious falling away and God's judgment. You might comfort yourself if you see hopeful signs that our society or the church itself is moving towards reform. If you see the nation going back to the standards of our Constitution, you would be relieved and encouraged. When you see members of the church striving once again to think biblically and live biblically, you should also be relieved. But it is not enough. In fact, reformation alone is a setup for judgment. Something else is required for God's full blessing to be released on His people and those around them. Go ahead and seek reformation, but as you do, plead for revival. More importantly, I would hope that you desire to see the movement of right thinking about God's Word applied to every part of the life of the North American church. End quote. But now, let me ask you something. What if we got it? What if we got reformation? What if it came? What then? What good would it be to us? Should we be encouraged? Should we think at that moment of time, it's all settled, it's all good. We're seeing the tide turn. Men are opening their Bibles now. They're considering these things. We're cracking it open. We're understanding God's truth. We're developing our scribal, legal understanding of God's truth. We're capable of teaching others. It's important. It's necessary. We've got our reformation. What if you see it in your political history here? What if somehow things start moving in our government and we start seeing a return to basic principles that have governed our nation in the past? Should we breathe a sigh of relief and think, all right, happy days are here again. The sky is above our blue again, right? What do we do if we get it? Here's the third thing. We should not want reformation without renewal. We should not want reformation without revival. Five kings brought great reformation to the nation of Judah. Five reformations that were followed by a great falling away. What would we want of a reformation of right thinking and a right pattern of behavior if with it there were not a right spirit? a godly spirit of repentance and brokenness and utter dependence upon God. If there were a return to right thoughts, but beyond the thoughts there was no work of God manifesting Himself to His people and doing a deeper work in their inner lives, would we really consider that a great advance? 2 Timothy 3 verse 5 warns of those who have a form of godliness but deny the power of it. Should we not be afraid that a reformation of thought and action could come to us that ultimately would fail under that heading, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof?
Josiah stood and made a covenant before all the people. All the people then stood with him and made the same vows. We're with Josiah. We say the same things. A great reformation commenced, but not 20 years after that reformation, the people all went into exile under God's judgment. Why? Why? Did they have reformation? Yeah. Yes, they had reformation. But was there a change in the heart? Was there with it a renewing work of the Spirit of God coming upon the people? Apparently not. Go to Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 6 through 10. The people of Judah are being at this very moment in time in which God is speaking to Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah wrote from the time of Josiah all the way down to the last kings of Judah. The people are being led and in the midst of the reformation that is being carried out by this righteous and good man, Josiah. And God is speaking to Jeremiah, and he's reminding Jeremiah of the idolatry of the nation of Israel, which caused Israel to be taken away by the Assyrians. And then God tells Jeremiah that he sees something worse in Judah at this very moment. And the moment is the moment of Reformation. It's in the midst of the Reformation. Listen to what he says. The Lord said also to me in the days of Josiah the king, Have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? Those are the northern tribes. She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and there played the harlot. And I said, after she had done all these things, return to me. But she did not return. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And then I saw that for all the causes for which backsliding Israel had committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a certificate of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but went and played the harlot also. So it came to pass through her casual harlotry that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. Now verse 10. And yet for all her treacherous sister, Judah has not turned to me with her whole heart, but in pretense, says the Lord. This is God's evaluation of what was in the heart of the people of Judah during the time of their greatest religious, moral, social, and political reformation. When they were getting it all right. They have not turned to me with their whole heart, but in pretense. Reformation without revival. Without a renewal of the Spirit of God upon our hearts, bringing us into deep repentance and deep dependence of faith on God alone and on His Word alone and in His work alone for us and in us. Reformation without renewal, reformation without revival is a pretense. It's a facade. It is as phony as trumped up emotions and false religious hyperactivity. In fact, it is worse because it is spiritual deadness before the light of God's Word. It is good wood without fire, and it warms no one. Oh, the wood is valuable, but only so if it is lit by the Spirit of the living God. Otherwise, the wood quickly gets full of the worms of pride and prejudice, and men become puffed up, and the Bible says knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. 
listen to these and understand what I'm saying here. We should fear a revival without reformation. We should fear a revival without reformation, an impulse of life when our life is shallow and without depth and without a bearing being taken from the word of God alone. But even more, we should learn to fear a reformation without revival. Truth known in the minds but not ignited in the hearts is a remedy for God's judgment. Don't think, hey, we're starting to think right now here. We got revival. We got people that are thinking theologically now. All the church is turning back to the Word of God to follow the rules and principles. Our nation is returning back to good, godly principles. Things are going to be good. Not if the heart hasn't changed. Not if there's not a revival. The responsibility of the church and the people of God is to tend over the ages and know how to pray. And when you see reformation beginning to take place, and when you see reformation begin to take place within the church itself, that's when above all times you ought to get on your knees and pray, Oh God, revive us. God, stir your fire within us. Otherwise, what a danger this might be to us. Here's an application. I'm just saying it. If God should be pleased to bring a reformation to our churches and our nation, we should be all the more careful and prayerful that it be received with the great work of God in our hearts, turning us to Him with all of our being. Should God bring reformation to the political and social life of our nation, we should not think that all is well. We must take care with it to call from God to drive us upon Himself, to work within us in such a way that he purify the inside of the cup as well as the outside of the cup. We should say to God, God, begin in your church and in my life a work of spiritual renewal and a reckoning with you and your manifestation of your great and holy presence in my life so that you might cause me to fear you and love you as never before, producing me a holiness that alone can be credited and created by your presence and your power only. Let me resonate fully with your life. Come, abide, not only in the high and holy place, but abide in the broken and contrite heart and let that broken and contrite place be my heart, my life. 2 Timothy 3.7 warns of those who are ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. And that's because life does not come by what you learn but in who you come to through what you learn. And you must come to know the truth. And Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Everything we learn, everything we know, must culminate in knowing Him as our deepest and profoundest need of knowing Him and bowing before Him and yielding to Him fully and saying, Jesus, you and you only have transcendence, preeminence in my life. Not my thinking about things, not being puffed up in my special knowledge, not patting myself and others on the back because we've come to know something that other people don't know from God's word. How dangerous that is. How utterly dangerous that is to a nation and to the church. Reformation is knowing about the Lord Jesus. Revival is finding Him and being found in Him as our all in all. Does the world need reformation? Does the church need reformation? Yes. Yes. But is that enough? 
Not at all. We must have with it the reviving life of Christ Jesus for us, with us, and in us. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, we see a work in our day that we could thank you for, an indication that men have tired of shallow things, that they're hungry for something more, and they're hungry for your... There's a hunger, Lord, and it's the sheep are hungry for good food. They're getting bloated, and they're getting food that is of no good to them and processing a health among their bones. They want good food. They want to be taught your word, and we thank you and praise you for that, where that's happening, and where we see it. Where men are seeking to gather back their people to those things and rallying them around good doctrines and good truth, or at least their attempt to recover those things. But God, we just take a warning from your word that it is not enough. If it is not attended by the outpouring of your spirit, reviving your people and bringing to them your life alone. So bring us back to your word. And bring us by faith into your life. We ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. We have work to do. What will doom a nation is one generation of Christians that will no longer seek the outpoured life of the Spirit of God upon His Word and upon His people. Thanks so much for listening today to the Bread of Life. To locate this or any other message, go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, God bless you.